Maybe I'm crazy, but this is the scariest week of the year. And not because of Halloween, it's because it's the week leading up to the election. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. It's like I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Happy Halloween. You know it's my favorite holiday. We're not in studio, so I gotta make do. Um, so I am uh, refurbishing some of my old costumes. Um, and this is my elevator werewolf costume where I scared people at Fox back when everyone was in studio many years ago. Uh, Bucky Brooks, my partner, along with Daniel Jeremiah for Prime Video Thursday Night Football, which you should listen to every Thursday. Uh, watch Amazon Prime and then switch it to the Scouts feed on Prime Video and you can hear myself, Bucky and DJ. And you can watch us on twitch.tv slash move the sticks. And Bucky and DJ are also the hosts of the Move the Sticks podcast. So Bucky and I are going to talk a lot of NFL today. Lots of stuff going on, including the Cowboys. We're going to talk about Tua and what Trevor Lawrence should do, along with a bunch of other stuff around the league. Whole gang is here. Crazy gang, Heller, T, and Donnie. Got to get into, of course, the elections coming up. We got to talk about the Cowboys. We got to talk about Antonio Brown. We got to talk about my Steelers. Lots of stuff going on around the NFL. World Series, game six tonight also. Uh, go Dodgers. I'm only saying that because I live in LA and uh, my Marlins are out. But So I'm rooting for the Dodgers. Um, but let's get started with Bucky Brooks. All right, my partner on Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. Uh, don't tell Daniel Jeremiah. Just kidding. Uh, I'll have <laughs> DJ on as well. But Bucky Brooks is joining me again on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Uh, Bucky, where's your Halloween costume? You didn't tell me. I didn't get the memo. Like, ha- I could have put something on. Halloween is my favorite holiday. Um, I ca- you can't see right now, but I was digging through all of my old costumes to find something to wear on the podcast today. And I I think I have probably like 30, 30 Halloween costumes. I mean, that's a lot, Joy. Is it too much? I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> I have I mean... a whole store. I have costumes from like 10 years ago because you buy them and like they always, they always like overprice them at these Halloween stores. So you can't bring yourself to throw them away. So like half of my closet is just Halloween costumes. That, that yeah, but like how often can you recycle them? Um, so yeah, that's, that's important. That's a good question. Uh, you have to keep a good rotation. So like most of them I haven't reworn. Um, although I am going to, well, it was my friends. So like, I'm going to kind of redo one for Friday show for the herd, but I hadn't worn it. My friend had worn it. So I'm being a little thrifty. I mean, a little bit, but like, this isn't even the year that you can really get down because like with COVID and social distancing, you can't do the Halloween party and the normal stuff that most of us would do. Yeah. Last year I went to the Halloween, the Halloween parade in West Hollywood. Have you ever been to that? No, but I can imagine that it's a treat. It's, I can't even describe it. It's insanity. It's a million people. (laughs) They, they shut down. I'm not exaggerating. They shut down, um, Santa Monica Boulevard from basically like the end of like that Beverly Hills park, like as, as far down as you can walk. And, and it's people like this close to your face for, <laughs> for like, for the entire street. It's a million, it's a million people. It's, it's the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life is nuts. Oh, I might have to sign up to do that. Yeah. Not for I, like I, a couple I years. I've never heard about the West Hollywood <laughs> Halloween thing. That's, that's, that's an interesting one. I can um, imagine it though. Listen, you gotta be a little liberal. But it's a, it's a, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. it's, like, a, it's a great time. It's a great time. And the best costumes in the world. Um, but so let's talk about, let's talk about some uh, horror show NFL teams, shall we? And, <laughs> and Bucky, aside from doing Thursday night football, 
with me and DJ on Prime Video is also a scout and a high school football coach. Um, yeah. What, what's the name Grenada of your school again? Granada Hills Charter. Granada Hills Charter. Um, and obviously also on NFL Network and contributes on FS1 as well. So uh, I think the Cowboys are at the top of my list because I had higher expectations for the Cowboys this year than I probably should have. But it's also the NFC East, so like it can always uh, always turn things around in that division. Although this year they're particularly awful. Um, but things are really significantly falling apart. I mean, now you've got Mike Nolan like scratching his eyeball with Tabasco. And it's like not, like nothing can go right for them at this point. Um, do you, I don't really believe in firing coaches midseason. I think we've talked about this before. And, and I don't even know if like you can fire Mike McCarthy after one year. But what, I mean, what do you do? If you're the Cowboys, well, I think you have to. I think you have to stay the course if you're the Cowboys. Um, you hired Mike McCarthy for hopefully a long-term deal, like meaning that you wanted to see him take the program from where it was under Jason Garrett to where it could be in four or five years under his leadership. He's one of the more successful coaches in the National Football League. When you look at his record, he has a Super Bowl win on the resume. Uh, this start certainly hasn't been uh, a great one. But I think Cowboys fans can probably take solace in the fact that his tenure at Green Bay started off in a similar vein. Uh, he was one and four. Then he moved him to four and eight. And then they finished eight and eight after they won four straight. But it set them up the next year to go on a run that led them to the NFC championship game. So maybe, just maybe, he is kind of finding his way, trying to figure it out. And maybe they'll get better down the stretch because as bad as they have been, the division is still very much in play. And if they can find a way to kind of get out a win against the Philly Eagles, they're they're right where they need to be as bad as they played the first half of the season. But, and I liked Mike McCarthy. Uh, I, I felt like the, the Green Bay exit was a little unfair to him. Obviously, we all love Aaron Rodgers and we know what kind of talent he is. Mike McCarthy did have Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> And they did lose Dak Prescott, mm -hmm. but they're just so uninspired. Andy Dalton yeah. had his head taken off and no one even flinched. Like I can't, I personally couldn't rock with somebody that just let me get my head taken off like that. Like we got to fight when I get back in the locker room. Like Andy Dalton's got to come in there swinging as a quarterback. Like you got to hit somebody, right? Like what do you do in that situation? I've never seen anything like that. No, I've never seen anybody like a team not respond like that, especially when your quarterback is Colcock like he was Colcock. Um, you would think that there would have been a melee in the middle of, of, of the field. And, and they would have gotten a pass, thinking, too. Like, no yeah. one would have held that against them. Yeah, and not and not that we're advocating uh, penalties and violence and all that other stuff. But at some point, there is a code in the locker room that you have to step up and protect your own. And they didn't do that. But I, I feel like it's kind of emblematic of how this team has played. They played like a bunch of me guys. Um, they, I mean, really, like they are a group who basically have a bunch of solo artists. So let's just call them New Edition, right? So they're New Edition. They got Bobby on one side. They got Johnny here. They got BBD doing their own thing. You got everybody else trying to run around. Rep Trezvon trying to have a solo, and they haven't quite come back together for the reunion tour. So no one has told them that, oh, this is the reunion tour. This is not your solo act. And so they need to get it together. And I think what Mike McCarthy has to do is he has to bring everybody into the room and kind of put them all on blast, coaches and players. 
and kind of get them moving in the right direction. Because you're right, when you look at them, they are a very uninspired group. They don't appear to have like a core set of values and standards that they're trying to play up to. And until they get that part right, it doesn't matter what he does with the X and O's because the locker room isn't right. He has to fix the locker room. So the 49ers stomp out the Patriots this weekend, and they have their whole own list of injuries and, and issues. And I don't. I think we probably buried the 49ers a little bit too soon, but now I think with their schedule coming up and the amount of injuries that they have, it's not so much that we buried the team, but like that, that's just a lot to overcome, especially in the NFC. But the Patriots needed to win that game, in my opinion. And now, I thought that was a must win for the Patriots this week. So now, I, I don't know, I, I, you have to beat the Bills. Right, like to me, this and Colin said this today. I don't think it's hyperbole. This might be one of the biggest games of Cam Newton's career because it, things are starting to slip in New England, and he's not really just playing for the Patriots this year. Like he's he's revamping his resume for the rest of the league for next year. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big game for the Patriots. It's a big game for Cam Newton. But I want to put this disclaimer out there: Cam Newton had COVID. Cam, we don't know how COVID is impacting Cam. We don't know what kind of issues he may be dealing with or whatever. Like maybe some of the lethargic nature that we've seen from him is due to the fallout from dealing with COVID. And COVID kind of went through that team a little bit. And so, look, you don't want to make excuses for the Patriots because they certainly haven't found their rhythm. They haven't found their identity. But I think those issues may be coming into play. That said, I think the Bills have more pressure on them than the Patriots. Because the Bills have been anointed as the team to beat in the AFC East without really knocking off the Patriots. And so this is a huge game for Josh Allen. And we have seen Josh Allen kind of come back to earth of late. He was playing at an MVP level the first three or four games. He hasn't played at that level. And people have kind of figured out whatever the secret sauce that he had. And so how does he play against the Patriots? The Patriots should put up a better effort. That San Francisco 49ers offense can be confounding when it comes to dealing with their running game. But yeah, this is a big game. It's a big game for all parties involved. Cam Newton needs to play better for sure. But um, the Patriots have to play better on all sides. Defense, offense, special teams, they got to get it going. So it's two a time in Miami, speaking of the AFC East. And I'm very excited, but I also think we need to just temper expectations for what we're going to see from him initially. No, drum up the expectations. No, why why, why would we do that when we've seen all the other rookie quarterbacks light it up? Joe Burrow. Because all the other rookie quarterbacks aren't coming off of hip surgery. Yeah, but we've seen Justin Herbert. I mean, people ready to give him a gold jacket off of what he's done in L.A. And so... Two at a time, we're ready. Like you shouldn't don't don't take the conservative side. Like do the Miami thing. Fully walk into the Miami native part of it. I gotta like, be, be cocky excited. golf dolphin. Yeah, yeah, be excited. Like this this should be the first jersey that you should go out and get at quarterback since Dan Marino. I actually like, this, this I have a two a jersey. Uh the Dolphins sent it to me, so I can wear it during during Tua's debut. Um, okay, so maybe you're fair. Maybe that's fair, but I guess maybe temper expectations because this is the difference in in the Dolphins situation and the other team's situation with Herbert and Burrow. We knew the Bengals were going to be awful, right? So even though the Bengals aren't winning, we like what we see each week from Joe Burrow. We didn't really think that the, the, the Chargers were going to be awful, but the fact that they're not winning every single game isn't dramatic. The Dolphins are 3-3, three and, three and Fitzpatrick was playing well. So people yeah. are... 
So like, okay. I mean, look, okay. don't, you don't have to, you don't have to sell me on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know exactly <laughs> what he is. Okay. Exactly. I'm with you. He was playing okay. And they were in the mix, which is why yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable with them switching to Tua right now. But don't tell us Dolphins fans. Cause they were like, half of them were outraged at the idea that they would pull Fitzpatrick out before he does what inevitably what Ryan Fitzpatrick always does. And that's not just of him, but that's just like, we have enough evidence of what you are at this point in your career. Now I'm going to turn things around in year nine. Uh, I know you went to Harvard, um, but <laughs> that's my, that's what I'm saying as far as like the winning goes, because we didn't expect anything from the Bengals this year. I don't know what I expected from the Chargers because I had Tyrod starting um, throughout the season. So that's more along the lines. So I should not be conservative when it comes to that either. No, no, no. I, th- I think with Tua, like, here's the deal. Tua is a talented prospect. And if don't have the injury, we'd have the conversation. Should it be Tua or Joe Burrow to be the number one overall pick? Uh, two will give the Dolphins what they thought they were going to get when they were in the conversation to get Drew Brees. He is a very talented quarterback. He's a quick rhythm thrower. He's accurate. He is a guy who really understands the RPO game, the run pass option game. You'll see that pop up more. And I think for Chan Gailey, he is the perfect quarterback to run in this system. There had to be something that Tua was displaying on the practice field that just made it abundantly clear to everybody, we need to put him on the field. And to say that your team is sitting at three and three and to know how we could kind of resonate in the locker room to pull the plug on Ryan Fitzpatrick because he is such a good dude. He has emerged as a leader of that team. It had to speak to the speak volumes about the talent that Tua brings and what he could be to this offense. I think he's going to be fine. Even if he starts out slow, I'm not necessarily worried about that. Yes, I do have a little of that hesitation when you think about his hip situation and the injury. But, man, he is talented. And I think when you have a talented quarterback, we've seen what these young guys have done. Uh, We talked about Burrow and Herbert. Think about Kyler Murray and how exciting uh, everybody is down in Arizona. Well, Tua doesn't run around like those guys, but he certainly is a talent on par with those guys. So there's a lot of uh, scary teams in the league. Scary good. Um, Obviously, my Steelers, Titans, the Bucks, the Packers, uh, the Chiefs, Ravens. Who is the scariest, scary good, scary best? Actually, I shouldn't even mm. say scary best. Best is best is a is a different question. Who's the scariest team in the NFL to you right now? Well, I mean, I think the team that's the scariest are the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, just because, I mean, they can they can win a variety of different ways. The last couple of weeks, we've seen their offense kind of operate at a pedestrian level, but they found ways to win. They they beat the Buffalo Bills with. Clyde it was a large running crazy. Uh, they knock off the Broncos with the defense making plays. And we know what they can do when Pat Mahomes is hot with the weapons that they have. And then they go and get Pat Mahomes, an underrated weapon in Le'Veon Bell. While everyone has poured dirt on Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell is a perfect fit in that offense, not only as a runner, but as a pass catcher. Quietly, he averaged over six yards per attempt uh, against the Broncos and just like a little bit of action. As they get closer to the playoffs, he's going to get more playing time, and they have everything that you look for um, on offense. And so they're a scary team. The other scary team, obviously, is Tom Brady and what the Buccaneers are doing. Uh, Tom Brady has found his rhythm because he has a ton of playmakers around him. They add one that might be a little cray-cray and Antonio Brown, but there's no denying the talent. And if you can get the cray-cray lined up he certainly can give them something that he didn't have and that is a dominant player over the middle field in the slot and as he goes and as he plays i think he will remind people 
He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. Um, he's one of the best to ever do it at the wide receiver position. And I know people are saying, like, why did they didn't need him? Yeah, but you can get him, so why not get him? And I just think that he gives them something that they didn't have. He gives an added dimension to that offense, and their defense is playing lights out on the tie balls. So you have obviously a lot of experience scouting, and uh, I think we may have talked a little bit about this on uh, Thursday Night Football on Prime, but I'm not so sure about the idea that Trevor Lawrence should demand to go to a different team if the Jets get the number one overall pick, which looks like it's full steam ahead Jets to number one. Uh, I, I'm very pro player. Like, I think you should use as much leverage as you can, make as much money as you can, stick it to the man. I don't care. I'm not writing the checks, so it don't matter to me. Uh, I don't think that there's really loyalty in professional sports, so I don't hold it against players when they're not loyal. It doesn't, it doesn't upset me. I don't believe in that. I also come from a different backgrounds and, uh, you know, I'm a killer. So I just doesn't matter to me, but I do think that we are living in a different space than we were with Eli and Peyton and John Elway. Like social media, there are a zillion channels that cover sports, a million podcasts, a million shows, radio, uh, television, streaming, Instagram. Like there's, it, there's endless outlets to criticize what you do. And mm -hmm. John Elway was successful, Eli was successful, and Peyton was successful. So we don't hold it against them that they used some leverage to get out of the situation that they were in. But this is New York City, and the Jets haven't been always dysfunctional. So I, I just feel like it's, you're coming in, you're Trevor Lawrence, you're like the biggest star coming into the draft in years. You have massive expectations on you. You may win another... Uh, national championship this year i don't know like i just don't know if that's the best idea to force your way out of the jets yeah i think it's interesting because the reports obviously came out that he was like oh well maybe i'll just go back to school maybe i, I mean just that's, hang out that's a Clemson. terrible I, idea i'm adamantly yeah, against that that's I, bad maybe advice. like maybe i maybe i hang out and just no. do it down here or whatever i think he does have leverage um is well within his right to look at the situation and wonder do i really want to go to new york when i've seen so many players have a tough time existing and thriving with the Jets. Uh, I think it is a consideration. And if you do have the power, I mean, I'm an advocate for wielding the power when you have it. And so I think this is a situation where Trevor has a ton of power because he is viewed as the unanimous or undisputed choice as the number one quarterback in the draft. And so if he doesn't feel good about the Jets situation, I think he should flow out all those scenarios where, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe me and my fiance just hang out here in Clemson and just do what we do and play house and all that other stuff. And I go in the next year's draft. And so he should do that. I don't know which agent has his ear and has kind of told him to put that out there, but certainly it's a nice tactic. I mean, going back to school, I think is a, is a terrible idea. You're risking getting injured. I mean, you saw Tua. Like, if you, if you want to take that risk, uh, I think that's a, I think that's a bad idea. And it, there, I just there's zero percent. Re, like reasoning to do that um because who knows you could do that and then the jags have the number one overall pick next year like what like that's i don't think but, that's but, but but the jags would be first for him he's right he's from georgia it's right there jacksonville is jacksonville is he, no right nobody the, wants right trevor lawrence line. to go to jacksonville no and that's why i'm saying like if trevor well, the jets are in a fine position either way like they're in the driver's seat because they have sam Darnold regardless so if he doesn't want to go to the jets 
then the Jets can can trade to someone who needs a, a quarterback, like, for example, Jacksonville, for a million picks, and you can send him to Jacksonville. Enjoy uh, the middle of Central Florida, okay? I've, I've lived you, there. You've all did, like, like, why not? Come on, you're, you're Florida. Let's not, listen, you no diss to Jacksonville, okay? But they've had, like, three legendary players in the history of their franchise, it's it's not a big market and listen i'm from pittsburgh i lived in central florida for a while i lived in florida for a very long time and uh i'm just gonna say it like it is like i call me a coastal elitist if you want to but like where you go matters like the market that you're in matters and for that matter jacksonville is not more functional than the new york jets and i'm just using jacksonville as an example because like they need they need a quarterback like the gardner gardner mentor thing was cute and like yeah He's yeah, great. He wears cute. jean shorts and he can throw the ball around and he's just like strong. But if you have the opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence and you're Jacksonville, that's what we're, we're all on the same page. That's what you're doing. But like, if you look at the teams that need a quarterback next year, who are they? So they're handful. Like, um, obviously the Washington football team is in need of a quarterback. They have kind of dismissed Dwayne Haskins. So they're yeah. on to the next. The Jacksonville Jaguars have to be in play. It looks like the New York Jets will be in play if they finish at the top of the heap that come to mind, the Chicago Bears appear to be a team in need of going back and kind of fishing in that quarterback pond. Um, so they're going to be a handful of them. Indianapolis Colts, another team. Phillip Rivers is nearing the end. I know they have Jacoby Brissett, but you would like to think if they thought they highly of Jacoby Brissett, they never would have brought Phillip Rivers in. Right. So they're a handful of teams. And luckily this year, there should be enough quarterbacks in the draft to fill those seats. Well, I'm really interested to see where he ends up going because New York is a is an interesting situation because they could trade back to I mean the Colts would be a great situation for him. I think uh, Jacksonville would be great. And now, mind you, I know when you mentioned those three legendary players in Jacksonville, I'm hoping that you're including me in that mix for my year that I spent there. I'm hoping that you're including me in the Duval's finest. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great if Trevor was able to play there. He is from Georgia, like the proximity, like his parents would be able to drive down and see him play all the time. They're in desperate need of a star, the attention, everything. My people in Jacksonville will raise up. They would show up for Trevor Lawrence. You're so, okay, so you're you're biased. You're a little biased. I mean, a little, I'm a little jaded. You're a little biased. It's understandable. I personally, for interesting purposes, would prefer that he goes somewhere like New York. I think Jacksonville's probably like at the bottom of the list if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be <laughs> like, it's like, it's in order of, of priorities. I think, uh, I think the Colts are probably number two because the Colts are just kind of a boring organization overall. I think he'd be great there and have massive success, <laughs> but they're like, they're, look, I root for interesting. Like this is, I'm in the interesting business. So like the Colts would be great for him because they are a well-run organization and are in place to win. Um, and you're right. If they thought Jacoby Brissett was the guy, why would you bring in old man Rivers? Like, you wouldn't. So the Colts would be great. Washington would be great. It's a legendary franchise. And Rivera, like, I think Washington would be a, an awesome place for him. The Saints are kind of interesting, too, because Drew Brees very well might retire, and nobody thinks Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback. What about Jameis? So the, the Saints are interesting, too. <laughs> What do you mean? What about James? I mean, I mean James. James is, is a right backup there. quarterback at this point. I mean, we. Oh, I think, James. James. James is hoping that he gets his opportunity to do the Teddy Bridgewater thing. I do believe Trevor Lawrence would be intriguing, but man, they would have to give up so much to get into that conversation. But the opportunity to see Trevor Lawrence with a great offensive mind like Sean Payton, um, you just wonder what 
man, what would he do with a talent like that? Someone who can run and throw. He can do some of the running stuff that Sean Payton, I'm sure, is fascinated about when he sees all these young quarterbacks making plays, but then also can kind of deal like he would like to deal. That would be, I mean, that would be a fascinating place. I just don't know, do they have enough ammunition to get up there? They would have to, man, they have to trade off all, all kinds of stuff. They had to do the Ricky Williams thing all over again. Well, that worked out. <laughs> While we're talking well, about it, uh, the Patriots, what we started talking about, the Patriots are, are pretty stinky. Like, they, they have I, a lot of draft picks. They could very well be in play. Yes. But I the mean, only the issue with that is if the Jets get the number one overall pick, are you going to make a trade with the Patriots? Like, probably not. No. But why, why would you help? Why would you help the evil empire? Yeah, you're not going to do that. To the top. And I think for the Jets, I think it'd be an interesting conversation because you have a lot of people that have invested a lot in Sam Darnold, but here you have Trevor Lawrence. And so do you move on from Sam Darnold? What, what does Sam Darnold fetch you in return? Uh, there's some people that say he he would bring back a number one, like a first round pick. But I'm, I mean, can we honestly say that based on what we've seen? I know we would put a lot of it on Adam Gates, but this offense hasn't lit it up, and I don't know how many moments he has um, to kind of fill a holiday reel where you're like, oh yeah, he absolutely is our franchise quarterback going forward and beyond. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I I think we all think Sam Darnold could play, and it's not a great situation. Uh, for him right now, and I, I don't, I don't love Gase. Like I saw enough of him in, my, in Miami. I don't. I'd love to be in the room when he pitched himself to uh, the Jets. Like what did, what did? I wish, I wish like guys would like write a handbook. Like give, give me the handbook about what I can say when I'm in the room with executives because you're not good at your job, and somehow <laughs> you managed to convince another organization <laughs> to give you this job. It's wild to me. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, catch me and Bucky and DJ on Thursday night on Prime Video. You just go to Amazon Prime, Prime Video, and then change the uh, audio to Scout's feed, and you can listen to me, Bucky, and DJ. Or you can watch us on twitch.tv slash movethesticks, which is also Bucky and DJ's podcast, Move the Sticks podcast, which is a very good podcast. I'm a subscriber. Thanks so much for joining me, Bucky, and uh, I will see you on Thursday. Hey, I appreciate it, Joy. Are you going to dress That's up fine. Thursday? Uh, yeah, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to see if I can figure out a costume that I can come up with for Thursday. I'm not gonna lie. I may that. recycle this one. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think like we should do a coordinated one. We're running out of time. Oh. It's already Tuesday. That could be tricky. It could be tricky. That could be real tricky. We could like each go as different quarterbacks. Oh, huh. I wonder who I would go as. I have to, I have to work on that. Hmm. I have some wigs here. I might be able to pull off Marino. I have the jersey. We'll have to think about this. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. But catch me, we'll get on that. Bucky and, and DJ, uh, Thursday night on Prime Video. Thank you, Bucky. Hey, no problem, Jeff. Thanks. With it. Come on. With it. Quit. What? With it. We about to turn up in this bitch. Rah! <laughs> uh, hello, Heller. Do you remember when I did a Werewolf Elevator with Brandon? Werewolf elevator? That must have been before I joined up. Uh, it was scaring people at the elevator. And yeah, the with the werewolf. But I had the he- I had the head down, and I was waiting outside of the the elevator, and was like, Rah! and like I was not I was not very convincing. So like three people jumped, but like most people were just like, stop. <laughs> like, what are I'm you working. doing? I didn't really want to like scare the shit out of anybody, you know, because it's work. So right. I was like, yeah. let me just let me just like be moderately scary, like. Uh, but it was, 
It was funny. I might, I might actually throw that for. I'm gonna repost that for a throwback this week. Yeah, definitely. Why it's a good not? Choice. I might do that today. Reheat that content. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. We live in a content world. Speaking of, um, what am I winning or quitting today? Um, I know this is a, a, in audio form as a podcast as well, but like, you know, those apps that make you look older, the way the mask is on your head, it just did it to your hair. So it looks like, like you've got a beautiful gray sort of bob going right now with a, yeah, of course, you know, werewolf teeth coming out the top of it. But when it's tight on the bob, I mean, it looks, you, you're going to, you're going to go gray, gr- go gray crazy. I'm going to look good. I'm, I'm going to look good gray. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm cool with that. I, I don't mind yeah. going gray. Yeah. All right. Um, started with a compliment. Now I'm going to mess you up with these winner quiddits. All right. Um, one lesson from this pandemic. Damn, that's not a good transition. One lesson from this pandemic has been things can always get worse. That was True. what the transition should have been. I bet the Cowboys fans thought that they had hit rock bottom when Dak Prescott went out for the season. Then came Sunday and with it, a vicious illegal hit on Andy Dalton, forcing him briefly out of consciousness and out of the game against the Washington football team. Now we're looking at a scenario where a young man named Ben DiNucci will be starting under center for America's team this Sunday, possibly. Joy, the Cowboys will still win the NFC East, though. Win it or quit it? Yeah, win it. I mean, why not? It's anyone's division at this point. Uh, I I think the Philadelphia Eagles are in a better situation because they have Carson Wentz, but, like, who knows what the Eagles are week to week. Uh, I will say, though, and I talked about this with Bucky, um, if anyone lets me get my head taken off like that, and it <laughs> doesn't come to your aid. Don't immediately scrap. You cannot be near me again. I saw Marcellus uh, was yes. talking. I, I retweeted this. I think it was yesterday. Marcellus yeah. talking about if you get jumped, uh, he's not jumping in. I can't go in public with someone who's not jumping in if I get jumped. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little concerned, you know, because I think of Marcellus as my friend as well. So I find that a little disconcerting. And so I, I, I was on set with them when that was happening. And so I told Acho, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm gonna break my hand punching, sucker punching one of the guys in the face and I'm gonna run out of there. So Okay, so you're still I gonna can. run. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I don't have any, I have no concerns or like questions about what I'm gonna do because I've been in this situation. <laughs> so I know what I do, which right. is I jump in and fight and then, you know, consequences be damned. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the for the Cowboys to allow that to happen to Andy Dalton is just really telling. And like, I want to say I'm not an advocate for violence, but that wouldn't be entirely authentic. Um, time and place. This is time and place, <laughs> and like that's a time and place. This is a violent sport, and he just got headhunted, and you didn't do anything. There was yeah, no yeah. reaction, and to me, that's just telling. Of there's no team. This is just a bunch of guys working together. Mercenaries. Yeah, they don't. And listen, I don't have a problem problem with a mercenary here and there, but they still have to fit within a system. Like, (laughs) there's no fight in the Cowboys. And and I don't like that intangible because it's like, oh, how do you measure how much fight? Like, with my eyeballs, what I'm seeing. Like, I can clearly see that they're not putting any effort here. And that's just disappointing. But what I've come to the conclusion is this. Because we have enough evidence now. As long as Jerry Jones is running this organization the way that he does, which is anyone who pushes back, any coach who wants to have all decisions made and all the credit for that matter, and the only voice, and the buck stops with them. As long as he's running it 
the way he is now, which that doesn't exist, they're not going to win. And, like, we right. have enough evidence that that's the truth. Like, you can say whatever you want about the Cowboys. They're a great brand. They're the biggest brand in all of sports in the entire world. That's not arguable. We know that. They are America's team. They are ratings galore, whether they're good or yep. bad. Everyone's got to watch. You either hate the Cowboys or you love the Cowboys, but you're watching the Cowboys. Right. And that's just none of that matters when it comes to winning. And I understand that they just lost lost Dak Prescott, and I understand it's Mike McCarthy's first year, but like it can't be this bad. It's a disaster. It's a it's a it's a colossal disaster stew of doo doo. And right. I can't I can't co-sign it anymore. Like. I like Jerry. Jerry's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a nice man. Um, I, I've talked point. to Jerry. He's yeah. great. but And he's a great owner as well. It's not that he's a bad owner. It's just he's not a good coach or general manager or PR person. And he's all of those things. He's everything. And you can't be everything. You just can't. You can't be everything and win. And we know that because we've seen it. We've seen you win and we've seen you not win. And we've seen a lot of not winning when you're doing things a certain way. And we've seen a lot of winning when you don't do things that way because it's not permitted because that's not the kind of style of coach that's going to allow that to happen. Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells. Right, Jimmy. So it is what it is. I have werewolf hair on my mouth, my lip gloss. <laughs> um, it is what it is. Like he just, yeah. he, as long as Jerry's doing things the way he's doing it, this is going to be the Cowboys' fate. And... There's just nothing else to it. We can keep wishing and thinking and Dak yep. this and Zeke that and offensive line this and defense that and Mike McCarthy this and Dez and whatever else. Like, it just doesn't matter at the end of the day. This is what it is. We have the evidence now. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's clearly still overshadowed by Jerry. There is a dysfunctional setup in the structure of the Dallas Cowboys, and it permeates down. Think about it. And anywhere you work, right? And and it's hard to compare a locker room to other workplaces, but there are similarities in some senses. If you know that your boss or the coach doesn't really have the final say in what goes on, and you can talk to your boss, but if you don't like what your boss said, you can circumvent the boss and go straight to his boss and yeah. get done what you want to get done or influence what you want to influence or make things happen then you really don't fully respect your boss or your coach because you know they don't really have power. And anytime you know that someone doesn't have power who's over you, you act a certain way. It's just human nature. There are very few yeah. people who are programmed to just listen no matter what. And I mean, we are talking about alphas of alphas of alphas to get to a point where you are a professional football player, you have to believe in yourself at the highest level of human imagination. So to then go and talk to someone who you know doesn't really have the answers or the final say, it's just inherently in you, you just, you don't have the same fight, you don't have the same fear. And fear can be very useful. Yeah, particularly in around Halloween, but even more specifically during a football game uh, and various football games. You mentioned Jimmy Johnson, our coworker, uh, wonderful man, uh, <laughs> the double, the double lacrosse. I, I don't know with, if I can get it with one hand. With the werewolf gloves, you guys got to tune in video wise this week to see this. Um, but you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, and for me, it all starts and ends there. Yeah, they they were America's team with Jimmy Johnson as the coach, Jerry as the owner, Troy Aikman as the quarterback, Michael Irvin at wide receiver. 
uh, Emmett Smith, Jay Novacek, uh, Moose Johnson, all these guys, right? They couldn't keep making that work because Jerry and Jimmy, for whatever reason, I don't remember the exact reasons that they espoused, but Jimmy had to go for whatever reason and Jerry had to stay. So for me, that is a learning moment if you're Jerry Jones. You don't want that to happen ever again. But instead of learning, he just did whatever that was more and more and more and more to the point where you keep Jason Garrett for as long as you do because he's a nice guy who listens and is good in the in the in the foursome at the country club. Um, and now you bring in Mike McCarthy and take away his teeth, take away his ability to demand respect from his players because the owner doesn't respect him. So, you know, uh, I don't think the Cowboys are going to make uh, whoever they're playing this week, Ben DiNucci, but, you know, who it's, knows? It's, uh, it's, it's a rough situation for the Cowboys, but I just don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah, and in, and in a COVID year, trying to bring in a new coach, they're not going to do it. They shouldn't. Time. They shouldn't fire him mid mid season. There's no, nothing. No, no. There's nothing that can be gains from firing him him mid season. Now next season, like I think Mike Nolan's gone, and oh, as he here. should I be there. You on the Niners, bro, with the suits, but defense sorry, is terrible, absolutely terrible, and they need to make some dramatic changes. But it, but it, still, it's not going to change Jerry. And until that happens, it's just not going to not gonna change all right um speaking of some change the tampa bay buccaneers they had a big weekend joy they signed the best wide receiver available in antonio brown uh to what was already one of the best wide receiver batteries in the league uh then they outswashbuckled the raiders for their second straight uh win of 25 points or more uh joy the bucks are the super bowl favorites after signing a b it's obvious win it or quit it for the NFC, yeah, I think I think they were either way. Okay. Um, the AFC, I think it's between the Chiefs and the Steelers, um, and I'm giving a one percent nod. Nice. Uh, they did. Uh, I'm giving the one percent nod to the Chiefs just because we've seen it with this particular group. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think if the Steelers beat the Ravens, that they are the the, the best team in the AFC. But the Bucks are the best team in the NFC, and. That's kind of surprising to me, but uh, look, Chris Godwin is out again for a couple weeks, so it makes sense that they need another wide receiver. But it's Antonio Brown, so do I think? Tony Totes out. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Do I think this is gonna work? No. <laughs> why? It why? Yeah. Why? Lately, it what, happens, so. what evidence do we have? And we have evidence. What evidence do we have that it's going to work? Um, well, if you go pre-Facebook uh, Live during Mike Tomlin's speech, we didn't know anything at that point. So it was good. It was all good back then. It was all good just a few years ago. But yeah, post, it's been a rough road since then. Post the moment that Antonio Brown decided to go live on Facebook from the That's... locker room. Post that moment. What evidence do we have that it's going to work? Their answer is none. None. And I, as you know, was a big supporter of Antonio Brown for yep. a very long time. I didn't yep. understand how this, how it could fall apart with the Steelers. And I thought he was going to be great with the Raiders. Um, I, I, I even supported him through all the craziness that was going on with the Raiders. Like, if you're not comfortable in your helmet, okay. I don't know how it's your fault that you get blisters on your feet. Okay. Like, it just, <laughs> it, it just became thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. And then it became off the field thing after thing after thing until it got to the thing, which is the reason why we haven't seen him. So, do I think it's a good idea? No. Do I think it's going to work? No. 
Am I rooting either way? No, it's, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to watch yeah. and observe. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to be like, oh, I told you so. It's just going to be like, well, I don't, I mean, who, who thought it was going to work outside of the Buccaneers? And Bruce Arians is coming out saying that this is all Tom Brady's call. And I'm not calling Bruce a liar. I'm just saying I don't believe a word of that. Obviously, this was Tom saying, Brady's he's call. He's saying it was Tom Brady's call? No, it was not Tom Brady's call. Like, it was... He's saying it, was, it wasn't it was, Tom Brady's yeah, call, Yeah, it was right. their decision. He had, he, had, he had said before he didn't want it. Yes. So what changed? Adamantly, multiple times. Now, what's changed is they had multiple injuries. And he's available now. So this is yeah. a perfect... They can sign him because he can play. And they had injuries to Chris Godwin. And Mike Evans is a little banged up. So, like, they do need it. It is, it is a position of need for them, despite all of their... Uh, their weapons because they, they keep getting injured. And look, they're trying to make a Super Bowl run, run. I understand it, right? Logically, if we're talking about this is a, a receiver who can be highly productive, who's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, right. who has a relationship with Tom Brady, um, all of that makes sense, right? That's that's That all makes sense. The problem is yeah. we're talking about Antonio Brown. That's the receiver that we're talking about. So yes, this was Tom yeah. Brady's call to bring him in because Tom Brady has a relationship with him. This is a comfort move for him. He knows what Antonio Brown's capable of and he feels like he has a relationship with him. They've said it's a no tolerance policy for the bullshit. We'll see. I don't think he's gonna let his locker room fall apart over Antonio Brown. If he acts like I think he's gonna probably act because that's what he does, uh, then they got him. But yeah. so so it's not gonna ever get to a point where the locker room disintegrates. So, the, so when you look at it from that perspective, there's really no risk because they are going to cut him if he if something happens. Uh, I don't think that they should be shunned because of what Antonio Brown was accused of. This is a competitive business and we have to separate art from artists all the time. And I don't love it, but that's just reality and it's the only space I choose to function in. So it's not a shock. I knew he was gonna end up somewhere, whether it was Seattle or the Buccaneers. Buccaneers got to him first. Yeah, do you think, do you, speaking of Seattle, do you think it was almost a, a defensive move to keep him away from Seattle? Yeah, I mean, I think that that probably played a role in it as well. Um, but again, like, do does anyone know if this is going to work? He hasn't played football in a long time. And whatever what he was before, he may not be. What helmet is he going to wear? Is he going to have special socks? I don't know. I, again, like, I don't. I'm 0% surprised. I have zero expectations. It's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see if it works. Maybe it works. Maybe they win a Super Bowl. Can't say like I'm right or wrong because I, I honestly don't yeah. know at all just, what to expect. I just, um, if it doesn't work, I won't be shocked. Yeah. If it doesn't work. Like yeah. there's certain personality traits that are not fixable. And... I, I don't know Antonio Brown personally. I'm going based solely off of everything that I've seen from him from the moment he went live from the locker room. And I can come to my own conclusions that is it's not it's not gonna it's not a, 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 a switch that's gonna flip just because he hasn't been in the NFL. Like all this talk about like, oh, he's humbled now and stuff, like yeah, humble's in you. Like humble is in you. That's a trait yeah, not- that's a part of your personality that you're capable of tapping into. I don't know that people necessarily learn how to be humble. Um, and I'm not a psychologist, so what the f- do I know? This is just my opinion. Okay, <laughs> but uh, again, like yeah. I, I, I keep. I feel like I'm repeating myself. But at the end of the day, I don't know what to expect. I yep. my guess is it doesn't work. If it does work, yep. great. You're not. 
you're not a psychologist and you do have a right to your opinion and as do i and my opinion is that he's not going to be able to not put out a music video after each week so i mean if, I, if, we, if we can deal with that we can deal with anything to me social media is not an option like if i'm bruce arians or tom oh, brady yeah. I, i'm like you you don't you do not have social media like you have no access to social media during the season period <laughs> And it's yeah. not that hard to do. Like you just, you particularly, you cannot have social media. You are not yeah. allowed to have social media. And, right. and, and why should you be allowed to have social media? I mean, if you're, I mean, there's a, there's a smartphone joke in there and he, and he acts dumb with it. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Spooky. What's up, Sir Penguin? What is up? This is Per Wolf. How are you? <laughs> uh, that's a dope onesie. I forgot I have the. Um, I was telling everyone how many costumes I have. I have like a ridiculous amount of costumes, and I forgot I have the uh, the 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 bunny onesie from. Uh, yeah, a Christmas, Christmas from story. Our Christmas that's story true. music video. What are we gonna do for our music video this year? We can't. We're not together. That's a good question. That's still. We can still do something zoomy. Uh, we social... gotta. We gotta brainstorm. We've got. We've got time. Yeah, we've we got gotta a, think about that. Weeks. Maybe we'll do. Yeah, a, we'll, a maybe point. we'll do a COVID tested shoot. <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> yeah, we'll we gotta see. think that one through. Yeah, we got a little time. Um, all right. What am I doing in high key Loki this week? All right. Heike, there is now only one remaining undefeated team. It is your Pittsburgh Steelers, Joy. Loki, last week you said that the Chiefs were the NFL's best. Now, after watching your Steelers hand the Titans their first L of the season, has your mind been changed at all? It's... I'm giving the nod to the Chiefs, low-key, because they're the defending champions. That's the only reason why. Okay, that's what gives them the edge. That's what gives them the edge. However, if the Steelers beat the Ravens this weekend, then I am going to give it to the Steelers because that is that is two big time tests back to back. The Titans undefeated. Yeah. They'll be seven and zero. It's going to be really tough to argue that they're not the best team in the league right now. I don't think the Chiefs have any holes. Uh, that performance against the Broncos was like, I mean, they score in every part of the game, like yeah, the special teams, they're just defense, rolling. offense, they just do whatever. Patrick Mahomes didn't yep. even have to stretch. So, like, they're just, they're, they have not skipped a beat. They have no holes in their roster. And I don't think that the Steelers do either. I think this is the only difference is we haven't seen this Steelers team do it yet, and we have seen the Chiefs do it. So that's it. That's the only difference to me. But the, they're, all this talk about the Bucks and all that, like, that's, that's great, um, and they yeah. are a great team. But the two best teams in the league right now are the Chiefs and the Steelers. And I'm only going one A because we've seen this Chiefs team win a Super Bowl. But I'm super excited about the Steelers. I wasn't sure what to expect from Ben Roethlisberger. He has come back a hundred percent. Still doing yep. Ben things like throwing an interception in the last two minutes of the game for no reason at all. But. <laughs> They are they are a solid team. They are a they are right back to where they were before. I don't think that they have the same level of talent, but that they had with uh, you know the the triple Bs. But yeah. I I don't I don't think that that's necessary. Like they're they're very functional with this group. They have a great group of guys. It seems to be a great locker room, and they've recovered from that mess last year. So I'm I'm here for it. I love their defense. And I think that the defense is actually going to be the key for them in the playoffs because we know what their offense can do. 
So I think it's this weekend yeah. will determine who's the best team in the league right now. But right now it's just it, the Bucks are the best team in the NFC, but the Chiefs and Steelers are the best team in the league. Teams in the league. I'm with you there. I uh, I'm liking what I see from the Steelers, and as you can see, I'm kind of rocking Pittsburgh colors right now. You uh, are. So we got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. So there you go. T- yep, exactly. Yep, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin right now. All right, <laughs> high key on the opening drive of the of the game on Sunday, the Browns lost Odell Beckham for the rest of the season. Low key, Baker Mayfield bounced back to complete 21 straight passes, a franchise record, and five touchdown passes, including a game winner to Donovan Peoples Jones. Go blue. Joy, can Baker lead the Browns to the playoffs without OBJ? Uh, low key, yes, I think he can. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm so torn over that game though because Baker owns the Bengals. Now he did overcome a yeah. really bad start, uh, so I liked what I saw from him in that game. But it's the Bengals, and they own the Bengals. So I also saw what they did against great teams. So my initial reaction to the game was like, yeah, that was a clutch throw by Baker at the end there, like they stuck in that game, came back, won it, Baker had an awful start, he overcame that, they lost Odell, it's another emotional thing to overcome, and they, and they won the game, and it's a division game, it matters. Um, yeah. But like, is this team really for real yet? Like, I, I, I feel like week to week, I, I flip on them. Like, I'm like, eh, that's a really, really bad loss to Steelers, whoop, that's a really, really bad loss to the Ravens, like, whoop, you beat the Bengals really bad. Like, I just, yeah. I can't figure yeah. out how I feel about them. I do think that they can do it without Odell because I don't think the chemistry with Baker and Odell was ever there. And I love Odell. I want Odell to be a star again. We need Odell. Odell is the NBA yes. player yes. of the NFL. We need him to be great. He needs to be in a situation where he can be great. It was never Cleveland. I know Cleveland wanted to convince us so badly that they could be <laughs> the platform for Odell. No one outside of Cleveland believed that. And like it is what it is now. And like I hope that he comes back yeah. stronger than than before. The ACL is obviously awful. It's crazy to even think that Odell is going to be out with an ACL injury. It's just the worst. I know. But you know, it, he he's going to come back. He has more football to play. I just don't think it's going to be in Cleveland. Do you think they uh, make a trade for a receiver, or they ride it out with the young guys that they got right now and Jarvis? I mean, they have so many pieces already. I, I don't know that that's that's really necessary. I, I don't know. I, I don't possibly, but like they have a good running game. They have lots of weapons. They have yeah. tight end weapons. Like, I, I don't know. I think they stick with what they have. All right. Hi, Key. We've been watching the clock that tells to a time for months on end. And now the countdown begins with his first start scheduled for this Sunday against the LA Rams. Low key, given all the circumstances, his rookie status, the abnormal offseason, and of course, Aaron Donald, We've got to make sure that our expectations are kept in check, I believe. you agree? I I think so. Bucky tried to tell me otherwise that I need to be a cocky uh, Miami fan. But my thoughts... Really, you need to embrace it. Yeah, yeah. but like my thing is this. (laughs) This is where where I'm conflicted because we knew that the Bengals were going to be terrible, right? I knew Burrow was going to be great, but the Bengals were going to be terrible. I was right about that. I didn't know what the Chargers were going to be. I thought they were going to be a playoff team, but then Tyrod was the one who was going to be starting. So now with Herbert in, as well as he's playing, if they don't win, it's not the end of the world, right? But the Dolphins are in a kind of more unique situation because they're coming off of a bye. They're three and three. The AFC East is still competitive. And Dolphins fans weren't all entirely sold on switching to Tua at this this point. So if Tua comes in 
rips off a, a couple L's in a row, there might be a little bit more pressure on him because of that. Now, there shouldn't be. We should just ride out with what we get with Tua because that's the point. We need to see what we have in Tua. We need to see how he plays, how he progresses. And the wins and losses don't really actually matter. I, I, I am a person that believes in winning, but I also believe yeah. in building for the future so that there can be more sustained winning. You have to think macro in this situation. So from that perspective, right, exactly. I do think that – like Dolphins fans need to temper their expectations. Like if they don't rip off five straight wins, it's not the end of the world. And they are going up against a great defense in the Rams and Aaron Donald and, yeah. a, and a good team, a well-coached team. So just, just keep it under control. You just want to see him go out there and finish the game. And then we move forward every week getting a little bit, bit better. But that's my, that's what I mean when managing expectations. Like, sh- should we expect Tua to be good? Yes, he. I hope he's good, and we should expect him to be good. But as far as like the team as a whole getting the dub, that needs to be a tempered uh, expectation. Yeah, I see that. I like you said last week. You trust Brian Flores? I do too. He's got a plan, and I feel like uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Hey, T. So T is an angel today. I am. <laughs> um, and I'm a werewolf. I, uh, I was telling Bucky I have probably 30 costumes. Halloween is my favorite holiday. And I have, like, I honestly, I was getting this out because I, I wore this to work, like, four years ago and was hiding outside the elevator and, like, jumping and scaring people. Um, so that's why I have this. But I I have like a zo- I have so many costumes. I probably have like thirty costumes, and it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh! So you just collect them. You just bring them out for different. Well, because like occasions. I'll wear like a couple of weekends, and then you can't recycle them. Like you can't wear the same. Guys will wear the same Halloween costume every year. Like oh, I'm just yeah. Batman every year, or I'm like like teenage mutant ninja turtle every year and like i need a new costume every night like if i'm going out friday night i need a different costume than i am saturday night <laughs> right so and we're like we're not going out this year so uh yeah like i don't i really don't really need to get anything um yeah but this worked out so i'm werewolf uh and what's <laughs> going on? an angel <laughs> yes exactly uh what's going on in culture report this week okay so the elections is November 3rd, which is, girl, less than a week away. And I'm like, it's about time because this feels like the longest year ever. And I hope people that are listening are registered to vote. Uh, it's like, please make sure that you vote. I mean, the props, DA, I mean, these matter and are super, super important. Um, it's like, do your homework, like do your due diligence and vote. And I understand like there's this thing where people don't like the candidates. And sometimes, Joy, you just have to choose the best option. Because so many people have fought hard, you know, for myself, uh, for you, Joy, for Black people to be able to vote. So that's why I exercise my right to vote. And plus, I know what goes into voting now definitely will impact, like, future generations. So I want to know that I contributed to that. So, Joy, I'm sure we can both agree on that. Yeah, I... I voted in every presidential election since I was old enough to vote. And... I uh, voted in the primary this year and took the time to fill out my ballot and vote and research on all the props and everyone that was up um, for election this year before voting. And it's voting is something that's very important to me. I feel like if you don't vote, not only are you sacrificing your voice as an American, 
Um, but you're also not contributing to society. And I also feel like it's, it's really, uh, it, in some ways it feels disrespectful to, to your point, to people who have fought, bled and died for our right to vote. And I think that like, that's important to me. I, I know everyone has their own opinions about voting, but to me, like I've always felt that way. I've always felt like it's an honor to be able to vote. You can't do that everywhere in the world. We claim to be the best country in the world, then you should take advantage of the things that make us the best country in the world, which is that we have a democracy as of now, and we can vote and choose our elected officials. And I get it. We don't always have the best candidates. And you know whose fault that is? Ours. That's our problem. We can do better. Uh, we can change the political process. We can change how we treat politicians. Our best and brightest do not want to be politicians. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to be a politician. I wouldn't want any part of that, uh, that lifestyle. Our best and brightest want to enjoy their lives, have their children enjoy their lives in peace without being picked apart every second of the day. Uh, the political spectrum has become an absolute show and it's an embarrassment uh, to our country. And I am really ready for this election to be over. It has been a four year long toxic relationship. I'm exhausted. I need a nap. I'm over it. I don't care. I'm an independent. I don't care about Republican. I don't care about Democrat. I vote for what is going to make uh, the least fortunate in our country uh, better and is going to uh, make sure that I have rights as a woman. And amongst many other things, uh, taxes is not the top priority. And uh, I, I just, I'm very upset at the way that things have fallen apart. I'm a big believer in journalism. I'm a big believer in the truth which seems like a ridiculous thing to say anymore, but like it is important. It's hard for people to find the truth. And, um, you know, my husband, uh, Chris Evans, actually put together a really, no, he did. He, he, he I, I saw this yesterday. He put together um, a website called The Starting Point that has uh, non-biased information that politicians can upload themselves to explain different topics, different issues, where they stand on them, it, like they answer questions that people can counter uh, answer. There's no likes or dislikes or comments. It's just information. Um, and you know, the fact that something like that even has to exist to help people navigate through this kind of environment is just, it's wild to me. And you know, I went to school for broadcast journalism, so I know how to research. Like I'm a classically trained researcher, <laughs> if you will. And you shouldn't have to do that to just find out what the truth is. But unfortunately, our leaders are lying to us all the time. And uh, it's just become a completely polarized, divided United States. It's the divided states of America. And it's sad. It's not normal. Uh, we have normalized stupidity. We have normalized basic. We have normalized uh, insane, unacceptable behavior. We have normalized a complete lack of empathy. And the wildest part to me is like, no matter what side you're on, uh, there's just no civility anymore. And we know why that is, because our leader has no civility. So it empowers people to speak however they feel. Um, and not, not that you shouldn't be able to say what you feel and what you think, but how you say and what, what you feel and what you think is important. And people really feel like they can say whatever the hell they want all the time and not get touched. And that is incorrect, my friend. You can't get touched. And this is, this is a real life thing that's happening all the time. And I don't like it, 
I don't like it. I want to be happy and live my life and eat cheese and drink wine. But sometimes I got to come at people's heads because they don't know how to talk. And that's a, that is a direct result of leadership and I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of smart people saying dumb things. And uh, I'm tired of smart people saying unresearched things and repeating propaganda. And I could go on and on and on forever. But the bottom line is, thank God we have one more week of this insanity. And I'm honestly like, I pray, I'm praying over my ballot. <laughs> and like, I am not joking. I am really praying for this country that we do the right thing and get back to some sense of normalcy, whatever that is, and civility. And, you know, for all these people who are out here talking about, like, I'm a patriot and I care more about America than you do. Like, just so you know, just because someone doesn't agree with you does not make them any less American than you are. And you should watch your mouth because you're talking to the wrong people sometimes when you say that stuff. So everybody is not, everyone is is not on the fence about whether they're American or not. Okay, so... Just because you're critical of a country does not make you any less of a citizen, right? You don't let anybody talk to your mama any old type of way, but every once in a while you got to check your mama, don't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly my point. This is our country. We're allowed to say that it needs to be better. That doesn't make us any less American. So I'm over it. That is my rant for the day um, on this topic. But thank God that it's almost over regardless. Like, I cannot believe that I've had to talk about this for this long. It's like maddening. Well said, I co-sign with everything that you said. Completely agree, it's yeah. Like, so we all live in this country together. So at the end of the day, whether you agree with me or not, we still in the same country. So it's gonna be both of our problems. It sure so. is, it sure is right. all of our problems. So you don't yeah. have to agree with me or not, but we are in it. So on a lighter note, <laughs> um, <laughs> So like every year, Joy, around Halloween, there's like certain movies that you know, like you feel like you have to watch. Yes. Because um, and for me, I, like I love um, a good classic, and Hocus Pocus is one of those movies. Um, and if you haven't seen it, how, why? Uh, it's such a fun movie. I loved it as a kid and even as an adult. Uh, it's on Disney Plus, so I watched it twice already this week. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, they confirmed a Hocus Pocus sequel. It looks like they're waiting on Disney, and they have been for quite some time. So I'm wondering what's the holdup, especially if everyone's on board. But I did get a little ahead of myself because um, Bette, uh, it looks like they posted a photo of the Sanderson sisters together. And apparently they're doing like this one night event. It's like a reunion special. It's for uh, Bette's like uh, fundraising, um, like a fundraising, a Halloween fundraising event. So when the photo was posted of the Sanderson sisters, I got really excited. I was like, okay, the sequel's going to drop any moment now, but we're, again, we're still waiting. So what are your thoughts, Joel, on this Hocus Pocus sequel? Are you excited? You think it's happening? <laughs> I love Hocus Pocus. It's the best Halloween movie ever. Don't at me. Um, it's amazing. And I can't wait for the sequel. I'm so excited about it. Uh, it is tradition to watch Hocus Pocus every Halloween. After the Dodgers game tonight, I will be getting into full Halloween mode and watching Hocus Pocus. It's a great movie. I used to argue with Mark Hockman, who I used to be the executive producer for at 790 Ticket in Miami. And he tried to tell me, and brace yourself, that Hocus Pocus is not a classic. <laughs> uh, well, uh, okay. 
I mean, the audacity. Like, I, I mean, right? it's just wrong. Like, we're all entitled to our our opinions, and sometimes we're just wrong, and it's just it's just wrong. Hocus Pocus is, of course, a classic. It is. Uh, yes. It's a legendary movie, um, if I might say so myself. And I'm I'm so excited about it. It's 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 just wonderful. Sisters. <laughs> By the way, I didn't know this, but you know that Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to wait, got um, an offer to play Max and he declined. Did not know that. And I'm like, sir, like it's a classic. He would have had his Oscar like, sooner. Probably, what can yeah. I say? <laughs> you wouldn't have to fight a bear. Right. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So Drake dropped a teaser for uh, a teaser video, excuse me, for a certified lover boy. And by the way, that name is just very fitting for him. Um, he even had a heart shape uh, in his haircut, Joy. Apparently, this will drop January 20, 2021. And, you know, I already have something to look forward to because, like I said, this year has been the longest year ever. But as I always say, Drake delivers. He's consistent. I probably sound like I'm obsessed with him. That I am a little bit. Uh, he drops a banger uh, all the time. And, you know, it'll probably turn into some popular TikTok dance and that I won't be learning, but of course it'll be fun to watch. And do I rarely listen to albums, but because I'm more of like a hit song kind of girl, but Drake, I will listen to his album any day. Love the man, love his voice. He made great music and that's really it. I love Drake. I love Drake as well. <laughs> um, Certified Lover Boy is what he should like legally change his name to. It's <laughs> perfect for him. And as you were talking, I was thinking like, who could Beyonce ever do a versus against? And I think it's Drake. Yeah. Like if we're going like the amount of hits, I think I think it's probably Drake. Like, is there a female artist that Beyonce can go can do versus? Um outside of like know. outside of like the legends, obviously. Like removing yeah, like Aretha. I, I would Mariah Carey, but... Yeah. Mariah Carey. I thought Mariah Carey and Beyonce. You can see Rihanna and Beyonce, and I'm just like. But like the amount of music, I feel like sh how many albums? I don't know, I have to look. But I think Drake, I think Drake Beyonce is is a solid is a solid versus. But yes, I'm looking like forward it. to this. Drake, if you a real one, January seventeenth. <laughs> Great birthday present just for you. <laughs> it's my birthday. Um, yes, I'm excited. Well, thanks, T. Hope you have a happy and safe Halloween, uh, Miss Angel. And uh, we will talk again. Did you vote already? I'm going on Thursday. Okay. okay. I'm voting in person. Oh, you're voting in person. Mm -hmm. Be safe. I am not. <laughs> but stay safe and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, myself at Joy Taylor Talks. Go subscribe on YouTube and you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts the iHeartMedia app, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Have an amazing Halloween weekend. Be safe. If you go out, wear a mask and. Uh, Give your kids candy this year. That's the right thing to do. Also, we are going to do a bonus episode this week because I love Halloween so much. We all get together and talk about, uh, well, we basically have a monster battle royale. So I think that vampires are the strongest monsters. Everyone picks their own monster and we debate election style, except for more civil and more fun. So check that out as well. Thanks guys and have a great week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.